0: You, you want to see something really scary?
1: What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming
0: to get you, Barbara.
1: When there's no more room in hell,
0: the dead will walk earth. What's blood for, if
1: not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night
2: welcome back to jump scare i'm betty and i'm chad this week we're covering friday the 13th the series
0: lewis vandrede made a deal with the devil to sell cursed antiques
2: but he broke the pact and it him his soul now his niece mickey and her cousin ryan have inherited the store and with it
0: The curse. Now, they must get everything back. And the real terror begins.
2: Friday the 13th <laughs>
1: yeah we're here to talk about something other than the movies
2: <laughs> and for many people when it came out and probably still today for those that are were not you know alive at the time they hear Friday the 13th the series they automatically think of Jason Voorhees Yep. but we have a special guest today
1: we have Elise Wax with us who is the order or author of I'm sorry the author of Curious Goods, The Complete History of Friday the 13th, the series. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, now you, I from, have written the definitive book on it. I don't think yes. anyone's gonna top this.
0: No, they better not, I'll come <laughs> for them.
1: <laughs> but, so how did you get in, first to get interested in the series? I, I've, I've seen the book, but for our, the listeners that might not have, how did you first get uh, interested in the series?
0: Um, I first came across Friday the 13th the series when I was 10 years old and it was I know in most places around the country it aired at like um, at like 11 o'clock on Saturday nights or Friday nights something like that in Los Angeles it aired at 11 a.m on Saturday mornings so I was 10 years old and surfing channels trying to find some cartoons because you know 10 years old that's what you do and I came across this show on one of the channels and it the, the episode ended up being um, Stick It In Your Ear, which was a third season episode of, with a cursed hearing aid. And the scene that I stumbled upon was just nothing but these gory oozing pus bubbles. And it was so gross and I was so fascinated And that was it. It was all over for me. I was completely obsessed. I watched the end of the episode. And and shortly thereafter, I started like recording them every week and watching them obsessively. And it was that was it for me.
1: Yeah. I, this was back in the days when they used to have the uh, TV guide in the Sunday newspaper every week. And I saw it said Friday the 13th, the series was going to be on it like, one AM Saturday morning and I set up to watch it and I had no idea what it was. I thought I like everybody else thought it was gonna be a continuation with Jason or something. I thought, okay, I gotta see what they're gonna do with this. And mm-hmm. then was shocked when it came on and it was something completely different. But after that I I kept watching it week after week because there was really nothing else like it on TV.
0: Yeah. And I had watched this well before I ever watched the Friday the 13th movies. So for me in my head Friday the 13th has always meant the series, not Jason Voorhees.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had seen maybe one of the movies at that point, but I just knew enough about it to think that that's what it was going to be.
2: Right. I guess naming that, I I love that you named the book "Here Is Goods because I feel like that's what the TV show <laughs> well, should have been named. Um, yeah. So to one, to avoid kind of the confusion and or the disappointment, which kind of correlates to... Halloween 3, when everyone expects there's going to be Michael Myers, but alas, Michael is not in the film. Well, he's not in the film the way that everyone thought he would be in. Um, But I, myself growing up, it was one of those things that I also just caught on TV. And I loved all things horror from as far back as I can remember. And (laughs) I really enjoyed watching the show. And there were just some episodes that really just stood out to me. Um, years and years and years later what is we'll start with what is well besides the one that you just named which is the first one you saw is there another one that you just it comes to mind either your favorite or one that's just the most
0: memorable to you um a couple of them actually um the first one obviously the pilot because you know, it, it started off the whole thing. Um
1: it's a the, very strong pilot.
0: It really is. It really is. Um the the uh, long way home which was the one with the yin yang uh medallion mm-hmm. um because that one really reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I loved how scary it was um uh the uh I'm trying to remember um, oh, uh, Wedding Bell Blues, I really liked because that was a very Mickey-heavy episode, and she was, um, I was obsessed with her when I was younger. Um, the Charnel Pit, with, um, which was ended up being the last episode, which was the one about the Marquis de Sade mm-hmm. and the Dublefes painting, um, that one fascinated me, and it was so rich there was just so much texture going on in the episode um I love the scarecrow episode because scarecrows are scary as hell Mm -hmm. um I mean honestly I have good memories about just about every episode yeah
2: I can't sit here and think of an episode I didn't enjoy um I, I really, I mean, I've watched and I, and I'm, it's sad because there's only three seasons and, mm-hmm. you know, they decided to change the day and the time, um, of it. And that might've, you know, obviously that must've affected, you know, the whole series. And that's why it probably didn't, you know, yeah. go it any further. Like when it
1: came off of being on like late nights or early mornings. That's when it's seemed to slow down, you know?
0: yeah it was if i remember correctly it was just that um uh paramount didn't want to pay for it anymore
1: oh that, that figures yeah, yeah that, that yeah. sounds about right
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: and you know i i've read in your book and other places too that it was like the number two show at the time syndicated show at the time right behind star trek
0: it and was yes
1: so why wouldn't you want to pay for the number two show on TV? I don't understand. Because it wasn't number one. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was. Um, I, you know, I don't recall off the top of my head. I believe um, Frank Mancuso Jr. talked about it um, when I interviewed him for the book. So you have to read the book to find out. <laughs> but <laughs> what got it you? Was, oh, you know what? I think it had something to do with, um people complaining about it and sponsors pulling out Mm -hmm. oh
1: yeah that's that was at the time period when a lot of the horror movies were getting flagged for everything too
0: yeah it was right in the middle of the satanic panic and people were freaking out
1: (laughs) yeah i lived in a small town in missouri at the time and uh i was very well aware of all the satanic panic all you had to do was wear a friday the 13th shirt and people thought you were worshiping the devil
0: Wow. Yeah, I only know about the satanic because I lived in Los Angeles. So, you know, I didn't realize until much older how sheltered I was because of that. And We didn't have any of that. It all took place in far off, far off cities and, and areas.
1: Yeah, that's why we were just lucky to actually get to see Friday the 13th around where I live, because there was such a limited amount of programming that like, you know, I was a huge X-Files fan. And when that came on, that ended up being, they lost the station that carried it in Joplin. So it became like shown on another network after midnight, but they would show it anytime between midnight and 6 a.m. So you would just have to record like from midnight to 6 in order to see it. Sometimes they'd interrupt it for an infomercial in the middle and then, you know, play 30 minutes of the show and 30 minutes of an infomercial. So, oh
0: my gosh.
1: Yeah, we had a terrible time seeing anything sci fi or horror in Joplin.
0: <laughs> I have to just say, as a, as a little aside, X Files is my other obsession. I am, it is my favorite show. I am completely obsessed with it. I have one tattoo, and that is of an X on my wrist.
1: All right. So. Then you gotta get the 13 on the other one to match.
0: <laughs> I, I am. I'm planning on it, I just haven't decided on the design
1: well yeah because you so. just get the 13 though so everybody will just assume it's the movies
0: yeah I don't want that <laughs> <laughs> so after
2: after you know you started watching it as a kid and you grew up and then what made you one day say hey you know what I'm going to make the definitive book which is amazing by the way I I mean Thank I you. was it's very it's very detailed and yes. um you have there's so much information in there and then i love in you know in in between different things you're discussing about the episode your voice is there like your humor and mm-hmm. you can really you know feel that it's just i haven't seen or read anything something you know like this um about really anything i mean i've read a lot of things but things that break things down usually are just so like cold, you know, and dry, like this is what it is. And then that's it. But you just found a way to just be yourself within it, (laughs) which I really appreciated because it's just like, oh yeah, that's, that's funny. Like, yeah, that's exactly what you would think. And I feel like someone that's a huge fan of something would be able to pull something like that off. And you do.
0: Yeah. Thank you. First of all, I have to say that is highly complimentary and and I really appreciate you saying that um I because I started watching this when I was 10 years old that was you know 1990 and um for a long time I mean I was full-on obsessed with the show I had every episode recorded on VHS, you know at the time um the whole thing and I watched it constantly and nobody I knew had ever heard of the show so that was crazy to me. And I thought I was going crazy. I thought that I made it up. But eventually, you know, the internet came along and I began to find people and and made friends about, you know, over the show. Um, anyways, I ended up becoming a writer professionally. Um, and I was working at Fearnet.com. Writing, I was the associate editor over there, and I realized I was like, you know, I I have a lot of horror contacts, and I have a lot of experience. Why don't I just write this? And a friend of mine recommended me um, or referred me to Bear Manor Media as a publisher. And I emailed them, and later that day, it gave me a false sense of of excitement because later that day he emailed me back and he said hey guess what you just sold your first book <laughs> so, oh I was like oh this is so easy uh, <laughs> but yeah it was just and that was it then it was like oh I have to write this now but it was great because I got to I when I sat down to write it and I had a, I watched every episode so I could write really detailed um recaps of it And I was very concerned that they wouldn't live up to what it had been in my head and that it wouldn't have aged well. But I was really surprised at how well a lot of these episodes aged. And you know it it was still a good show and I really enjoyed it. There's so many things that
2: stand out. So we covered um, a film called Whispers that came Mm -hmm. out kind of when friday the 13th the series ended in 1990 yeah and i was the movie opens up and it's a movie i don't know if you've ever seen it chris sarandon is in it and it's i don't a very, think i have it's a weird movie it's on it's a
1: uh, it's on tubi i believe it's based off of dean Koontz novel
2: oh okay and i'm sitting there and the movies open up and there's music and i'm like this is this is the composer from friday the 13th like this is friday the 13th <laughs> music and we go and look, and it is Fred Mullen. Yeah. And it's his music. And I'm like, that's so crazy. Like how you can be a fan of something. That's like when you watch anything, basically, you know, Danny Elfman's music, you know, right off the bat, like, oh, that's Danny Elfman. Like, yeah, you know, you know the tune. And I just had seen I love the opening to the TV <laughs> show. And I just, I mean, who where did they even come up with, I was kind of reading the um, interview that you have here. Um,
1: Yeah. 10 seconds into it. She was like, that's, that's the Friday the 13th music. (laughs) And it was like, it wasn't really the theme for the the opening, but it was so reminiscent of all the music you hear in the show that once she, she said that you, you couldn't unhear it. So all, and it was filmed in Canada. Yeah. So it was one of those ones that you're like, once you see that, you're like, Oh, okay. I, I can't unhear it now. All I heard was the Friday the 13th. You know, I kept thinking about that through the whole movie after that.
2: I think a lot (laughs) of things, I don't know what was going on in the 80s. I mean, I'm an 80s child. The (laughs) Canada, it would just, so many great things were produced and came out of Canada. I mean, (laughs) they were just doing all kinds of things. And I I just, everything I love literally basically is from Canada, especially (laughs) in the 80s. I felt like there were so many like TV shows for kids and you know, just everything is from there. Did you, when you were interviewing um Tom McLaughlin,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, is there in the interview? I mean, there's, it's kind of, kind of all throughout, like the ep- the your synopsis of the epi- episodes, and you know, where was the idea of when did that come about between Frank Mancuso and you know, of like oh, let's have a TV show about cursed objects because that's very interesting that that would even come about
0: if I remember correctly Frank Mancuso told me that basically because I believe at the time his father was running Paramount and um he told him that he could have a show he could do whatever he wanted but it had to contain the Friday the 13th um as the title it had <laughs> to maintain that because you know, for they had just started um, they had just started like le- leasing, I guess the the titles or you know, getting use out of old titles. So um, that was the stipulation. And he at first didn't want to do it, but it was like, you know, let me, you can do whatever you wanted. And so, he said i don't have to use jason and he said nope you just have to use the title and originally they actually considered like putting the um the hockey mask in the background or something mm-hmm. like that but decided that he wanted to just leave it completely um completely separate
1: yeah that would in a way that would have been kind of neat though to see like just the hockey mask in the background and just imply that, that was one of the cursed objects
0: yeah it would have but i think I think that would have both given good, um, given a good example or a good explainer for the movies, but at the same time, it would have then tied the two properties into the same universe.
1: Yeah, and like you said, they're trying to keep it separate. But that's one of those things. Now you kind of wish you could see just a little Easter egg from one or the other. Or like, it was really good when uh, uh, what's the name? John LeMay showed up in. uh, Yeah, than the Friday the 13th because I was one of the few people that was like hey it's he's from the series <laughs>
0: yep I said the exact same thing <laughs> when I saw it
1: and that movie uh that movie doesn't get enough attention is I I really liked that they tried to do something different with that but it, it didn't seem to go over as well as some of the others
0: yeah that was number nine I believe
1: yeah then I think by that point people were just getting tired of Jason
0: yeah
2: <clears throat> you know you even have I mean, David Cronenberg coming in and guest directing an Mm -hmm. episode, you know, and of course, obviously, if it's Paramount Connected, you know, I'm sure they're all in the same kind of world. So it's like, oh, come over and, you know, do this. It's a fun little thing that we're going to do. And, you know, it's just, you know, I was actually thinking, oh, this would be so cool as I would love to see this like remade today but they kind of now that I'm really thinking about it they kind of did that with warehouse 13
1: which yeah it has 13 in the title yeah
2: and I love that show I mean a little
0: bit yeah yeah it's very similar
2: similar with like the finding of the objects and you know the whole like investigative thing and how the objects affect the people but then different in so many ways but that whole premise um I think I love, I mean, I, I actually love a lot of the episodes, but mm-hmm. we were watching, Um, we watched the Master of Disguise, and it oh, kind of yeah. reminded me of Fade to Black, you know, mm-hmm. and the whole, you know, and Beauty of the Beast, like, there's so many different things that are going on in that episode, but um, you said that you were a huge uh, Mickey fan um, at the time, was it the hair? Because her hair is fabulous. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: It was largely the hair. I'm a redhead myself, so it was really like the first time I remember seeing a redhead in in popular entertainment. Um, But also, I just you know everything I wanted to be her. You know, um, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. She's fa- she was fa- she was fantastic. She was yeah. definitely fantastic. And um, you know, there were so many episodes where it's about. You know, the other characters are going around, but I like the episodes where it's her having to deal with it. And Mm -hmm. in that episode, you know, even though, and you had stated this um, in the synopsis, but the guys are coming in to save her, but she actually saved herself. And I find it funny, and this is just me being silly, but I love how when you watch a film or a, you know, 30 minute hour TV show how a character meets another character, they instantaneously fall in love. It's like the strongest, like love and they're overtaken by it. And then they have to succumb, you know, something terrible and deal with it. But the whole part of them falling in love in such a short amount of time, like, <laughs> I guess it's one of those like love at first sight. For me, it's like that That can't, that's not real.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But at the same time, I'm a romantic. So I'm like, of course it is. <laughs> it can happen. Um, and you know, John Bolger, oh, you're not a romantic.
0: (laughs) No. So for me, I'm just like, yeah, of course he's going to kill you. I mean, come on. (laughs) You can't trust that, that pretty face.
2: I mean, he, if he came walking through the door, I probably would have been like, uh, Mickey myself. I mean, yeah, (laughs) especially if all the attention was focused on, on me, I don't know what, like, wow, this famous person, me, like, Uh, but then I, <laughs> the back of my mind, the real is like, exactly you think about that for a second. There's something <laughs> askew in this. <laughs> um, Shad said that he had watched the Playhouse episode. And that episode makes me so mad because of course I just so disgusted by the mom. She's just obviously the worst mom, yeah. um, you know, neglecting, abusing her children And the children, it's one of those where like the children are evil, but then you have compassion for them. (laughs) I mean, the children
0: really aren't evil. They're just trying to make the best out of a bad situation. And so, you know, they, they lure in the other children, but they don't really understand. I don't think that what they're doing is wrong. Hmm. And, um, and, you know, the children don't die in the end. So happy ending.
2: Yeah. That's true. It's one of the few episodes where no one dies.
0: Yep.
1: And although I I can't imagine how they explained that to the police in that episode. There's got to be some (laughs) fast talking going on there. Like, and you three grown people just came out of the playhouse right behind all these missing children. And you had nothing to do with it. (laughs) There's gonna have to be some I feel like they might have had to use an artifact to get out of that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh the fact that I'm the fact that the police weren't like on top of mickey and ryan and jack the whole time i mean in the whole series that's pretty funny yeah
1: yeah that's you think they would figure after a while that every time they show up somewhere you know people die yeah but yeah that episode uh i i read in the book you said that the inside of the playhouse when they transmute when they go to the other place it looked like the uh leftover set from tom petty's video that don't come around here no more and that stuck with me because, like, when you said that, like, that's another one of those things, like, I couldn't unsee it after that. <laughs> uh, that episode was fun, too, because, like, both of the kids in it went on to do a lot of really big things.
0: Yeah, um, Lisa Jacob was in, what was it, Mrs. Doubtfire?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and Independence and Day. And
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And the other kid that, uh, Robert Oliveri, he was in all the Honey, I Shrunk the Kid films. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so they went on to do a lot of... uh big movies at the time
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh my other favorite one uh was the uh from the first season the halloween oh yeah because i always love it when they have the episodes of tv shows even if it's not a horror tv show just any of the tv episodes where they take place on halloween yes so i'm always a sucker for that so when you've got a cursed place that's going to have a halloween episode i'm all there (laughs) yeah and I loved seeing the shop all decorated up in the regular Halloween and there's already enough scary stuff in there as it is, but then they actually decorate it with fun stuff for Halloween and uh, Jack dressed up as Merlin going around doing these magic tricks.
0: <laughs>
1: so that one was always one of my favorites and uh, you know you got to see Lewis come back for the first time and you it, it always cracked me up that when the the little demon asked like do you want me to find a man or a woman lewis is just i don't care just one that's just a body i can go into doesn't matter to me yeah okay lewis is he's here to get back he doesn't care how
2: yep and the cursed object in that i mean the amulet of zohar like the bunny in a circle like (laughs)
1: yeah it's (laughs) such a it's such a nice looking little amulet like you would give that to a child you know (laughs)
2: yeah Yeah, I was upset that I didn't get invited to this party because this is the kind oh. of Halloween party I would love to go to. Yes. And it also plays on the time because I love the little who at the time, you don't know what's a demon, or do you um the little girl um who's yeah. taking Jack around. And, you know, it's the 80s. At this time, you know, little girls are dressing up. She's dressed up as like a rich old lady with the fur. And I love yes. that because that's exactly what, you know, back in the day, you would just either take something from mom's closet or you would just make something up, something simple. Now everyone wants to be like, you know, what's her face from Suicide Squad? And yeah, <laughs> and walking around with micro shorts. And, you know, who I'm like, can we go back to the traditional, you know, Jesus, the, the simple days, you know, that's. Is that mean being an old lady i guess <laughs> that's when you start like oh you're an old lady you're talking about you know back in the day you know yeah. in my time but um i did i did love how halloween ish and i think that's the actual the only halloween episode in all yes. the three um series
1: uh seasons yes. yeah 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 that was a shame because they could have really capitalized on that more I thought. they could
2: i figured because they're like look it's a show about cursed dogs it's Halloween every day on the set like (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh my goodness I I can't say enough things um about the show um that I really enjoyed and the book um has you know your book here's goods it has you know some photos from you know behind the scenes and on set that you were able to um get and I love like the inside look you know stuff that it's not something you normally would see um, photos like that. So that's neat. Do you have um, a favorite um, interview? I mean, I'm sure you liked speaking with um, those that wanted to, (laughs) that were available and could speak to you about the series.
0: I mean, I really managed to get pretty much everyone I wanted to, other than um, Chris Wiggins, who at the time, was um, very ill, and he couldn't speak to me. Um, but I think, I mean, I couldn't pick one. I really couldn't because it's just there were so great. Everyone was so eager to talk to me, and you know, nobody had any horrible stories to share everyone had great memories um you know Kate Trotter I believe shared a story about how she broke her finger in the middle of filming a scene but she still had such great memories of filming the scene that it was like (laughs) oh yeah you know my my finger was broken whatever we kept going And, and it's just I love I love hearing that you know it makes me so happy to know that this show that was such a huge huge part of my life was pleasant for everyone was a good memory for everyone
1: yeah because so many times now you hear about the shows and you find out there was nothing good happening on the set yeah and that kind of like ruins it for you because you're like oh now all I think about is how miserable everyone was when they were filming this so yeah that's I'm glad to hear that everyone had great memories of it
0: yeah
2: how long did it take you to do the whole thing, the interviews, and compile everything and break it down episode by episode. Um,
0: I think it ended up taking me about a year and a half to write. Um, from from the day I got my approval letter to the day I turned in my final draft, it was about a year and a half.
1: And have you? uh Sorry, I stumbled on that one. There, go ahead.
2: Mm-hmm. Um my question would be are there uh certain episodes or an a episode that you normally um that you go back to that either is something like we have different you know Shad and i we love well, we love so many things but as he said before he was an x-files fan and we try to go and revisit episodes even though we've seen a thousand times like okay you know every time this year we go and revisit this one you know because it's our favorite um or it's just something that we do during this time of year is there one that do you revisit any of them at
0: all like on a yearly basis um i haven't in a few years um and i think Largely, it's because they're not available to stream anywhere and I'm just too lazy to get up and put in my DVDs. Um, <laughs> I, I popped one in a couple of years ago. I think it was on a Friday 13th and I was like, I'm gonna watch a couple episodes. Um, but no, there's none that like specifically stick out to me for any particular time of the year. Okay. Is
2: there a uh, follow-up question? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there a cursed object that you would like to keep or have, you know, <laughs> maybe come across, even though, you know, they're cursed? <laughs>
0: um, no, I've always, I mean, just from a purely from a design aspect, I've always really loved the radio. I thought that mm-hmm. would be a really amazing one to have um, just, you know, like a prop to have yes or um compact yes that's mine I the love compact. <laughs> <laughs> um but there's so many you know I just yeah there just, are a lot I sorry it.
2: that was a very yeah, I, question
0: <laughs> it was and I'm like and now I'm like oh maybe the Cupid statue oh, yes that'd be fine. Uh yeah. when you
1: mentioned about the DVDs, I was really wish they would put out a like a better quality version of this because yeah. the version on DVD, it looks like someone may have just used your tapes and recorded them and put them on DVD yeah. a lot of times. The, we, we, go ahead.
0: Yeah. The uh, the the DVDs are terrible quality and there's no special special features on them. Um I've actually I tried to very very briefly kind of talk to somebody about this at the time when i was working on my book about you know getting a special edition done but um cbs paramount is not really interested and i didn't really pursue it because i didn't really understand how that side of it worked i was like i'm i'm better with the writing Hmm. but I know that so many of these people would be happy to sit down and be interviewed.
1: Yeah. And I, you know? I feel like maybe if they would put these on streaming, it would show enough interest that they would
0: mm-hmm.
1: get the set out again, yep. you know? And I For I a while
0: that- I for a while I had a little campaign where I was harassing um Paramount Plus to put them up on their streaming site when that went live, but After a few days, I I I lost track of it, and I haven't done it in a while. But I should.
1: Yeah, like I, I, they have it. It's not going to cost them anything to put it up there, even if it's not you know. Yeah, even if it's not the greatest quality, still put them up there, and then that just gets people to campaign and want it, and say, hey, you know, I would pay for an you know an enhanced version of that. Yep. And I'm sure, like you said, people would love to sit down and talk about it, and you know, there's no doubt a lot of behind the scenes footage that people still have somewhere.
0: There's gotta be. I would love to see that. Gosh, I would love to see that. (laughs)
1: Because if nothing else, I'm sure the actors probably have some things that they saved, you know? Some photographs or some video that they took, because that was when campers were getting big.
0: Um, no footage. I think that um, that pretty much is, it still exists. It's in the Paramount Vaults. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the cast and crew had a lot of photos. And that's what I used in my book. Um, they're all behind the scenes, never been published before, photos.
1: Okay. That'd be nice if they could get all that and put that in the sets, you know. They, they do a lot of the you know, TV shows and movies have the still galleries. That'd be great to put all of yeah. them on that. Yeah. Um
2: Now, did you or did you not cry? Or maybe you don't remember. (laughs) But when Ryan, um, when John LeMay's character, um, when he, quote, well, I want to say left the show, but he did. And we have yeah. you know the other character replacing him. But I was so sad. <laughs> I don't Chad, I I'm trying not to give too much away, but one, it's it's been a while since the Friday. The 13th yeah, it's a
0: 30-year-old show.
2: <laughs> Spoiler.
0: The spoilers are, are over
2: for
1: it. But, yeah, I think the spoiler is yeah. off on that. Well,
2: to yeah. be to be honest, Chad, <laughs> yeah. it's it's actually more for you because I don't know if you remember what happens to his character, but I do.
1: I didn't get to see a lot of the third season until they actually came out on DVD because they stopped showing it after the second season in Joplin. So uh it wasn't until the stuff came out on DVD that I actually got to see. I think it, I saw some of them when they re-ran him on sci-fi a few years ago.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
1: so I didn't even know that what had happened to Ryan until I saw him in reruns years later.:
2: Yeah, I was devastated, but I did appreciate that he didn't die, which usually you know they kill off a character, right? But he gets to yeah. kind of get to redo his life in a way, which is
0: yeah, interesting.
2: Um, interesting way to you know have the character still be in the world but not and any, in left the world it anymore
1: Open if he wanted to come back too. That's true. They could have somehow yeah. reversed the spell and he could have come back.
2: Mm-hmm. So were you, were you, uh, were you sad?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. For I, the character. I don't honestly remember. I, I'm sure that I was. I was never, I'm not a big crier. Okay. <laughs> but um I'm I'm sure that I, I was really upset. You know, I was probably eleven years old and I do remember weirdly enough when I saw the scenes for next week's episode for the sweetest Sting with mm-hmm. the beehive and Mickey gets caught by the by the bees and that just freaked me out. I was so upset for her. Um but I think I don't know I don't know how I felt about I mean I'm assuming I was sad
2: (laughs) I know that's a weird question but it's one of those like you are watching this character and it's not like it's obviously like you know five six seven seasons but it's it's yes you know you're with this you're an adventure every episode and and then you're you're like like, you you don't expect going in like oh no (laughs) this is happening there were
1: a lot of tv shows that you know killed off main characters back in the back in the 80s yeah
0: yeah that's true
1: pretty much once the main cast started that was it they were there that's why it was shocking on the first season of star trek when they killed off you know denise crosby's character because that usually didn't happen Uh so yeah for that to happen on the show was kind of surprising now you know after Game of Thrones and all that, you just take for granted that every, no character is safe, you know?
0: Yep.
2: Well, I think that, I mean, we kind of went over everything. Where can <laughs> others, besides us, because we already own it, <laughs> uh, where can others find uh, Curious Goods?
0: Uh, you can buy Curious Goods on Amazon and um, directly from the publisher, which is Bear Manor Media. I I think it's baremannermedia.com. Um okay. but yeah, I think Amazon's just the easiest place to get it. Okay. And you can also get there's a hard cover a hard cover, a soft cover, and a Kindle edition.
1: Okay. Yeah, we have the we have the Kindle one. Mm-hmm. Cause it's I we like you know, like I like on that to be able to scroll through it quickly like that and find the episodes when I was going through them.
2: <laughs> yeah. I love the search uh, feature. Like you just type in what you're looking for in that. Because I'm not a. I'm more of a. Well, we both are. We have a lot of books, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely this is something that it's like, oh, okay, we love this, so we will definitely own it as a hard copy of something. Yeah, so we can have it. Um, so that it will be part of our horror um collection that we have because it is the d- definitive. I mean, it's not going to get better than this, folks. So it's a good investment <laughs> if you love Friday the Thirteenth, the series. You love the episodes. You want, you know, insider information. You know, interviews, some photos that have not been seen. I mean, you're just not you're not going to find it. I don't think in Google, <laughs> Google search. You know? No. It's, so it's, this is it.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's, um, I think there's over sixty interviews, all of which are unique to this book, exclusive to this book. And um, I think 50 or so never before seen, never before published photos, behind the scenes photos. So there you, is definitely plenty of, of stuff.
2: Are you currently working on any other books? Um, it doesn't have to be in this horror world, just anything else you want to throw out there? Um, <laughs>
0: Currently, I'm not working on any other books. I have a few that I've been pitching around um, and haven't been able to get off the ground. Um, I have uh, recently, just last year, published um, a collection of essays from from horror journalists, horror directors, um, women in horror about the horror industry. Um, and that one's called Creepy Bitches,
1: and
0: um, the the article that I wrote, in that is actually Next Files one. Oh. Um, and uh, the only other the other book I have is um, the World of It, which is a um, a photo book an art book for Andy Muschietti's It and It Chapter Two, based on the Stephen King. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Novel. So
1: was that one? I'm sure you had to go into a lot of detail on that one because that book is huge.
0: Yes, it is. It was um well this was specifically about the films, Andy Muschetti's films. So it was an art book, so it mostly just dealt specifically with hmm. with the movies and okay. that. So um and that one was published by Abrams Books. Okay.
2: Awesome. So yes, definitely check out those uh, two other books because those yeah. sound also fantastical.
0: <laughs> all of those are also available on Amazon.
1: We'll post links up on all the on the episode, all the episode uh, info about this. Mm-hmm.
0: Delightful.
2: Well, thank you so much for taking the time out um, to speak with us. We really enjoyed um, your book and we will enjoy it for years to come because <laughs> it's definitely something, a series that we love. And I'm like I said, I mean, I, I can't say anything, you know, I can't say more about it. I, I just love it.
1: It's Go out and buy it.
2: Yeah, please. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Well, guys, thank you for joining us on this episode and stay tuned to the horror.